Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like the Chilean miners emerging from the ground, I have returned. <laughs> Did any of them die? No, none it... of them died, so it's a safe bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a good one. We'll keep it. All right, sick. Um, and then you, I guess you have to start now. Do I still intro it? Um, yeah, this is really confusing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when, when what episode are we on? It's kind of like that that part of Black Panther when everyone thinks T'Challa dies and then Killmonger takes the throne and then T'Challa's like, what up? I'm back. Turns out this I'm is, actually still the king. This is good content. Why are you – no, this is good. Put this in the episode. We got to start. This will be in the episode. Oh, okay. Have we started? Yeah. Oh, no. I'm so lost. I can't do this anymore. I, you should have replaced me while I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, episode 96. It no. is your boy at Catholic Pat. What? I feel like we've entered. We stepped into the Twilight Zone. <laughs> hey, I, I did like an this. episode with the Twilight Zone. Do you remember? It was the first one after you I were didn't... gone. Patrick, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't listen to any of the episodes. I know while you I didn't listen gone. to any of the episodes. I don't. So I was telling everyone. I was like, I don't think it matters what I say on the podcast because mm-hmm. Ethan's not listening. I won't know. I mean, as long as I got the the little notification on my phone every week that like an episode was posted, that was good enough for me. As long as we're pushing out content, <laughs> as long as as long as we're just is just like putting stuff on the conveyor belt of, of the internet. Let's just. The funny thing is, is that when I was there, I could still look at our our metrics, and there were uh, over the course of a month. Um, 70 listens from Ave Maria, Florida. None of them were from me, and nobody told me that they were listening to the podcast while I was there. That's really funny. So, <laughs> so people were listening to the episodes that you were putting out that I was with at training that did not communicate that to me. <laughs> they were like, we probably can't. We probably so can't if that's, if you that. fall into that category, you owe me an apology. Because <laughs> that I is be rude. Fun. That is not good podcasting yeah, etiquette. That's, that's bad podcasting etiquette. Um, so we're here. We're back. Um, the podcast didn't burn to the ground. Yeah, I'm we didn't really alive. intro anything, but this is the podcast. It started already. Yeah. Well, apparently we apparently Patrick's the in charge of introductions now, which is fine. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. We never but... did talk about that. <laughs> no, no. I was about to. I was. I started to talk to you about it, and then you just did it. So I, um, <sighs> I even did cool. the see you on the Twitters thing, mm. and it just felt so weird. And I was like, I, I told Teresa after last week's po- episode, I was like. I hate that outro so much now. It is with all of my heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you know how I feel. It just it's not, any as, sense. not as easy as it looks, huh? Being on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan is the Ethan is the real sacrificer on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He does all mm-hmm. of the he does let's all just, the heavy lifting. Let's just take a minute and just realize how important I am. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's good to be back on the podcast, Patrick. It's it I'm is. glad to be here. I'm glad to finally have some place to share 
you know, like being an external processor when things would happen and I wouldn't have a podcast to talk about them on. I didn't yeah, know what to crazy. do. I had to like deal with it myself or whatever. Mm. Like a good, a good retreat from podcasting. Yeah, it actually really was. And I feel much more energized. I have a lot more zeal coming back into it. Um, but there's so many a month break. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. We can do that. Uh, but I feel like I just have so much to share. Do you just want to talk about training for a month? Do you want to talk about what we've been doing? Because I didn't bring a topic. I just brought all of the things that have happened. In oh, the yeah. I month. didn't prepare a topic either. My topic this week was Ethan is back and has a lot to talk about. Because like, we back, have a lot baby. to talk about after a week of not podcasting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> no, that's 100% true. Um, yeah, so i don't really have any jokes or goofs unfortunately like my only goof was the chilean miners thing and i didn't really think much further beyond that so i want to be honest when did you think about that oh the day after i left for training <laughs> you were sitting on that boy since sitting on that for the a long beginning time. of june oh my yep. gosh that's a that's a the, the the old long the long con the delayed payoff it's super weird though because like i have a bunch to fill you in on but mm-hmm. i feel like i may have talked about a lot of it on the podcast already so like mm. i don't we have to set aside a separate time for us to for us to, to catch just, up we have to we have to normally we, have we to catch it up and we just record it we can't do that anymore yeah exactly <laughs> um man so training it was amazing i think one of the ideas that i had for this episode was calling it the redaction episode because I feel like after training, I just have to redact so many things that I've said on the podcast in the past. Oh, like what? The Well, kind of how training is set up, for those that don't know, is we have five weeks. And each week is kind of based on an element of uh, John Paul II's seminary formation. So there's human formation, spiritual formation, intellectual formation, and then apostolic formation is the last two weeks. And the first week of human formation just destroyed me. Like Ted Sri came and he was he was in the mix and he was talking about um, we talked a lot about screens and technology and consuming media, which is stuff that we've talked about tons and tons of times on the podcast, but it was just kind of put into a new light for me. And uh, the verse that we kept going back to and the verse that I just kept screaming from the top of my lungs. Um, just at all times throughout training was Romans 12 two, uh, mm. which is do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed by the transformation of your mind and, or be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I think I switched those verbs, but yeah. it, it is a, it's a beautiful verse and something that stuck with me a lot because w- when you start to think about like the music and the media that we consume in the light of that, like, what are we putting into our minds? Are we renewing our minds or are we, are we darkening our, our intellects, you know, even more than they already are um, by like the media that we consume. And so one of the big things that I kind of got convicted about was music, especially and podcasts. I am. I, here's the thing, Patrick, I've sworn off my brother, my brother and me. Oh <gasps> yeah. I've never listened to it. So, but that, that's like your jam. It's like my favorite podcast. I listened to about 200 episodes of this show and it just like thinking about, the stuff that they talk about, a lot of times very sexual, a lot of times very explicit, um, really funny. But at the end of the day, it was stuff that was filling up my brain. And you, you cannot deny the fact that like when you listen to stuff like that and when you hear people talk about sexual stuff, when you hear people talk – when you hear people swear a lot, then you all of a sudden – that becomes part of your vocabulary. It becomes yeah. part of your, your lexicon. And so I was picking up like the funny stuff that they were doing, but I was also picking up 
whether I knew it or not, or whether I wanted it or not, all of the other bad stuff. That all they of were the doing. no-no words. Right. The and no-no this is a clean, words. This is a clean cast. This is a clean cast. And so I don't want anything like that slipping into what I do. Um, and this, I, I totally understand where people like are upset with focus missionaries now is like, Oh, they're so prudish when it comes to media and like listening stuff. This is something that I was mad at my focus missionaries about because we had a dance like at the barn dance and I was DJing and I played like, I think the song was yeah by Usher and oh, that's the, the worst song ever, Ethan. I, apparently. No, it is. It's just, it's not. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. We'll stop the podcast. Okay, pause the podcast. It's not even it's not even about the swear words in Yeah by Usher. I just don't understand how five of the hardest rappers made the whitest song ever. That's that's your problem with the song? Yeah, it's just such it's like every every family wedding that I've been to has played mm-hmm. Yeah by Usher and it's like Aunt Kathy and Uncle Bobby like Jansen never mind. I one time one time I did a 5 minute rant on yeah by usher as a as a stand-up act and it went over very well but i forgot everything i said so i can't prove it to you on the podcast um i'm reading through the lyrics right now and it's all about adultery too that's the other it fun really thing. Is. <laughs> um i think it'd be really funny if i just started reading the lyrics and you just bleeped out random words um she's all up in my head now got me thinking that it might be a good idea to take her with me because she's ready to leave ready to leave now let's go and i got to keep it real now because i'll on a one to ten, she's a certified twenty. <laughs> oh man! But there's there's just some nasty stuff in this song, and it's like so. Back to the barn dance. So I was there. I was playing this song because everybody is just like the typical like white girls go crazy when you play it, and so you always play it. And the missionary came up to me. She goes, "You can't be playing that song." And I was upset. I was mad. Mm. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm just trying to get people to have a good time, and you're over here being a fuddy duddy. But when you take it back. And you understand when you take okay, that and rewind it back. When you take it, rewind, rewind it back, and we look at, <laughs> um, and we look critically at what we're putting into our brains and how that affects everything that we do. Then all of a sudden, I just for I just had like this big. I think that Romans twelve two verse really just set me over the edge when it comes to like my media consumption habits. Like I don't want to watch the next season of BoJack Horseman. Um, mm. I'm I'm not especially excited for the next season of Rick and Morty. Probably won't watch it. Um, even things as innocuous as like Stranger Things. Do I really need to sit down and binge the thing because everybody else is binging the thing? I didn't even really like season two, so like, why would I force myself to watch season three just because it's what everybody else is doing? Yeah. And these are the kinds of attitudes that they we like develop, and it, I can see how for a lot of missionaries it can get to be more extreme, and you just don't understand where other people are coming from, especially when it comes to TV. Um, and I always just go back to my like The Office thing where it's like are you really gonna watch the office a ninth time but now hey, it's like are you, are you really gonna watch the office a ninth time you know yes i am i don't know what do you think about all of that like do you think that that's too extreme do you think it's not extreme enough no because there's like there's this there's this balance mm-hmm. that i hear all the time in my communication circles right like one of my professors is very about you know we need to analyze television because television is cultural and it like shows us where the culture is right however that being said the culture is not in the best place all the time Mm -hmm. and so we really need to be careful about the television that we consume because it can start to affect us and you can't be 100 percent critical of a television show you're gonna start enjoying it also Mm -hmm. I was <laughs> there's some there's some kids staying with my host family right now. 
and 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 their parent but uh that we were like playing guess who the new guess who which is like uh-huh. a weird guess who we're uh-huh. playing the new kids guess who with the kiddos and we're like playing and all of a sudden like like well the tv was on and this girl was the little girl five-year-old was talking to me and the tv caught her eye and like she just trailed off mid-sentence and just started staring at the tv and i was like that was the weirdest thing in the world but it's not her fault you know because tvs are flashy and colorful you know and so it's Mm -hmm. like but it's it's almost it's like it's entrancing like the colors are just like nulling your brain have you ever like noticed that when you watch tv and you're like you're 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 paying attention to the TV. It doesn't really feel like there's a screen there. It just feels like yeah. that's what you're looking at, and you're like blocking yeah. off everything in your view. And then when you like go back to watch TV, it's like, oh, I'm seeing the screen and everything within it. You get absorbed into the television, and like that becomes your world for that yeah. moment of time. And so that's not a bad thing. It's a really cool thing that television can do. It can immerse you into a story in a way that other mediums really can't, at least not mm-hmm. as quickly. But what world are you getting immersed into? Right. And I do think that 99% of people are not watching television in order to analyze it. And so (laughs) I think that when we say that, we have to say like, okay, yes. But we we also have to have the understanding that most people are not doing that. And if you say, hey, do you want to sit down and analyze this show with me and figure out where we can find like the light of the gospel in it? Um, They're going to say, no, you freaking weirdo. Like, go away. Let, like, let me watch this in peace. And so, but it's just the, I don't know. I feel like it's nothing that people haven't already heard. Um, yeah. But I just, I just got newly convicted about it. And with, with music um, and like, I've been listening back through some of my old CDs, like in my, in, in my old car. Cause that's what I'm driving this month <laughs> and like old CDs that I had in high school and just like listening to some of the words on the lyrics in these CDs. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like putting this on here. And when you start to realize like how much of our music is sexual and mm-hmm. how much of our music is promoting things like adultery, things like fornication, things like drug use. And it's it's easy to play that off and say, well, I don't do those things. Um, okay, yes, but you, you don't do those things, which is good. Good job. Proud of you. Um, you're hitting the bare minimum. Proud. Great. <laughs> um, it, but you cannot pretend to say that. So if it, you say it's a bad thing and you don't want to do it, so why on earth would you – listen to music that glorifies the thing that you don't think is right. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't glorify it, even if it doesn't just talks about it, I can see kind of an argument for like uh, one of the guys at training was talking about how there's like red hot chili pepper songs about how the guy was addicted to meth or something like that. And he like wrote songs about that. You obviously can use prudence. Yeah. Um, but little John is not like writing some deep narrative about like his struggles. How he, with how he used to struggle with adultery and now he's like, right. and, yeah. So that's, yeah. That's where, and this, I, that's where I think people get frustrated and upset. They're like, "You think that any song that talks about adult subject matter is you're just being childish?" Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, even okay. So, if you want to listen to it, why do you want to listen to it? Like, mm-hmm. do you have a good enough reason? Because I doubt that the fact that you love the beat outweighs the fact that the song talks about this dude having sex with multiple women. Mm-hmm. So, that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm radical and maybe I'm crazy, but it's just kind of, I don't know. I think, really I think you make a good point about portrayal versus endorsement. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between portrayal and endorsement. I mean, I this is the, this is what the debate about 13 reasons why is all about. Uh-huh. It's like, is it portraying depression and suicide or is it endorsing it? Like it's saying like, this is a good thing mm-hmm. and like, it's a part of life and that's that we should accept that 
it's a part of life and is good or is are we accepting that it's a part of life and we need to work to combat the evils now 13 reasons why also endorses um <laughs> um fornication with high schoolers i don't understand how it's legal to portray high school high school age students having sex with each other i was thinking about that the other day yeah. i was like how is, how is it legal? how is it like i know i know the actors are over 18 right like uh-huh. i know that's true but mm-hmm. they're portraying actors the actors that are over 18 are portraying people who are 17 and 16 and 15 and 14 and it's like getting younger and younger how is it legal freedom of speech dog freedom of speech i mean it's not legal. i don't know it's weird yeah it's super weird um so that was kind of like my big thing during that first week um was was evaluating how much youtube i watch how much netflix i watch how much music i listen to what kind of podcast i listen to and that's that just gives me a lot of room to kind of grow in other areas too um this is why i only listen to history podcasts yeah it's good that's why i only listen to well i can't listen to catching foxes anymore because (laughs) they just they swear too much they Um, had a whole episode about like People think we swear so much. Yeah, I remember listening to that. It's funny. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I mean, it's because it's because like you know, you, what what are you listening to otherwise? What other podcasts are you listening to? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like it's priests and Matt Frat. You know, so it's yeah. like what what are you being compared to? It's like they don't swear a lot for a Catholic podcast. But yeah. Um, spiritual formation week. This mm-hmm. was good. We there's a lot to unpack here too. Um, I'm sorry. I just feel like I'm doing a flyover, but I think. The, the hitting the highlights are kind of important uh, in the future. And the well, maybe being from thing. the Midwest, you're probably used to flyovers. Ah. Uh, okay. All right. Hold um, on one second. One second. What time code are we at? Time code 1950. Insert drum. Insert sad trombone. Okay. <laughs> we So Spiritual Formation Week was great. The first uh, class that we had was with Father Mike Schmitz, um, which was great. Oh, that's cool. He... He blew my world open, Patrick. Uh, we talked a lot about prayer and being saturated in prayer and like constantly being praying, constantly being praying, constantly praying, constantly praying, and what that looks like practically. And he gave us this this little um, kind of, I don't know, formula. Um, you might have heard of it. It's ask, offer, accept. You ever heard of that before? Mm-hmm. And it's, I just, it was, I'm, I'm sure I've like conceptually heard about this before and it's like not something that's super conceptually difficult, but it was the way that it was explained just made it really easy for something to keep going back to. And so kind of the concept of it is, is you ask God to be present in the moment, wherever you are, ask to become aware of his presence, and then you offer up whatever's happening, be it good or bad. If it's bad, then you're offering up that suffering uh, to Jesus on the cross. And if it's good, then you are giving that goodness, that glory to God. You're attributing it to him, right? And then accept, you accept whatever graces that God might be bringing out of the situation that you're in. So that could be like if you're super suffering and you're having like just a really terrible time um, with like something pretty serious or if you're sitting in your car and you're just a little bit sweaty or if you're just with your friends and you're having a great time, like literally in any situation, you can kind of use that in order to reorient yourself towards God in every moment. And that's something that I've been doing and it's, it changes the game. Uh, I love it so much. Have you ever done anything like that? Have you tried to implement something like that into your life? Yeah. So like I've noticed after doing, I started doing the examine this past week. Oh, what? So good. Oh yeah. We, so we good. did an examination of conscience every night before bed. Wow. Um, as like a, we have small groups. They're mm-hmm. called colleges. So as a college, 
we would go up to the to the ch- there's a chapel in every dorm which is really cool and we'd go up to wow, the chapel what's that like examination of conscience shut up um <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was super dope and that like having that time to reflect back on the day it it's so powerful i don't know why i never yeah. did it before i am um, after after doing the episode with zach from the jesuitical show the jesuitical show yeah whatever uh he he mentioned that america magazine puts out a an examined podcast daily so you subscribe to it and it sends you an examined podcast every day so you get a notification to do your examine and so you sit down and father james martin talks about uh He's just like, let's go through your day. What did you eat for breakfast? And all this stuff. And he used to, he takes you through the five steps of the examine. And it's been really helpful. It's especially helpful because the time of the podcast is the exact time it takes for me to drive from Phoebe's house to my house, which is perfect. And um, so like at the end of the night, I just drive back, do my examine, or I'll like sit in my bedroom and do it. And so the next day, after a couple of days of doing that, like during the day, I was at the gym and I was like sitting in the little jacuzzi thing they have off to the side. And I was like, just, I was by myself and I was like, just. There was, I couldn't listen to music or there's no music in the pool. So I was like, did you have a towel draped around your shoulders and sunglasses on? Why would I have a towel on? Maybe like, hot tub? maybe like a gold chain. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of imagining like a DJ Khaled. Yeah. DJ Khaled video. That's, that's, or like DJ, the, the picture of him as a baby or his son in the hot tub. That was, that's what I was. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so I, I was like just by myself and i was like oh wow like this is a good moment with god i need to remember this for my examine and so doing the examine made me like aware oh i'm gonna do the examine later today so i'm looking for things Mm -hmm. that are going to help me pray during my examine Mm -hmm. and so yeah i kind of understand what you mean like offering up moments to -hmm. god not necessarily like oh man i'm suffering so much i need to offer this up to god but like offering up this moment is good i'm with him right now yeah i want to stay here that's nice. Also, because I it's like, a hot tub and it's super comfortable. Right. I like offering up the good and the bad. Yeah. Because, like, offering up the bad, like, the bad is sometimes it's kind of like an excess. So, like, an excess of bad can lead us to sin. An excess of good can lead us to sin. Mm-hmm. Good in, like, not the, the godly sense of good, but, um, like, good feelings or good emotions. And uh, pleasurable that's a better word to use yeah but like when something bad is happening it's really easy to like retreat into myself like if i'm in a situation i'm just annoyed or i'm bored or um whatever it's really easy just to start um being angry and like have a sense of wrath about the situation instead of surrendering it and so if you offer that up to jesus then there's it's almost impossible to be upset about it you know um and if something's really really good and you're like trying to indulge in the thing that's really good and you like it a lot then you have to offer that up and say like what i'm receiving is a gift from you i shouldn't try to like over uh over exercise like my quote unquote right to this gift you know yeah. um like i had one bowl of ice cream because someone brought it to me do i really need to get up and go get another bowl another uh, the, one the answer is no and yes there we go <laughs> and so those those are the kinds of things that like you really become aware of at training because everybody is striving to do the same thing. Everybody is, that makes it sound like homogenous. Everybody is kind of working towards the same goal. Everybody's trying to grow. Everybody's trying to do the right thing. And just the the fact that, that you have 300 other missionaries with you that are all wrestling with similar things, that are all hearing the same stuff that you're hearing, it almost supercharges like this this growth and this awareness of God because again, the stereotype is kind of true that like when we sit down at lunch, people just talk about prayer and 
Not that yeah. that's a bad thing, but it, it just becomes a normal conversation because everybody wants to take the full advantage of the time that we have. Cause we only get a month. We only get five weeks. Um, and thinking about NST, like that is such a unique opportunity. I, I can't think of any other time except for NST next year, where there's going to be so many missionaries in one place, all learning together and all running together with no distractions for a month. Like that yeah. doesn't happen, you know, what? that it'll be the next NST that I go to. And then like the next time that I'll be with all those missionaries and we'll all be kind of sharing life together in a similar way will be heaven. That's mm -hmm. the, those are the only two times that'll happen. And so taking full advantage of it was just, I don't know, absolutely huge um, for me. I don't know. Is any of this useful? Is any of this help? I don't know if people like care about how I feel about NST or not, but no conversion just, is good and it inspires other just, people to conversion. Are you guys just interested? I'm asking you guys as if you can reply. Are you guys just interested in like what I learned and you just want information or do you, you care about me? Because I know Patrick runs the show now. So if you don't <laughs> care about me, that's fine. <laughs> I care about you. I want to hear Patrick. how you're doing. Yeah. Um, so man. Oklahoma. Huh? Yeah. How's University that? University of Tulsa. That's yeah, where man. I'm going. Go, I'm go fighting Oklahomans. That you're close. Golden Hurricanes. Go Golden which... Hurricanes. Which don't even ask me because Oklahoma is <clears throat> a landlocked state. And so <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily understand the mascot selection. Is it because of all the tornadoes that whip up the corn so it looks like a golden hurricane? That legitimately might be why. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to do some research and get back to you. But that sounds like the best explanation I've heard yet. <laughs> can't, wait, can't wait for all of, our, all of our listeners from Tulsa, Oklahoma to spike mm -hmm. up. All, yeah, all three of them. We're going <laughs> to... No, I'm excited. The school's really small. It's a private school, which is something that is not part of my wheelhouse. Yeah, necessarily. I'm very. I was expecting to go to a really big state school, um, but Tulsa is good, and I'm getting sent there for a reason. And I'm really, really excited about it, especially now that I'm kind of in full fundraising season, mm -hmm. where I'm just going and I'm sharing the mission of what I'm going to be doing and what, like why I'm excited about Tulsa every single day, multiple times a day. It just reaffirms it every single time that like, this is where I'm supposed to be. How's that it. going? How's your fundraising going? It's great so really? far. Yeah. Nice. I had a, I just came from a meeting this morning that went really well. Um, it's really cool. I think kind of an underrated aspect of it. Um, people will just say a lot of focus missionaries treat it as kind of like a necessary evil. Like, Oh, I have to do this in order to get yeah. to campus. But that's just a sad way. Like, I don't want to live that way because uh, it just is depressing and it makes it almost utilitarian. And yeah. I don't I don't want to be using people. And so I've been looking at it from the angle of I get to meet with dozens of people from all areas of my life. From when I was a kid, like a little baby, all the way up to, you know, people that I would graduate college with and I've met after college um, and share with them what Jesus is doing in my life and why I am uh, doing what I'm doing and inviting them into it. Like, that's so cool. Yeah, that's something that, that's something that I miss about uh, doing Adore fundraising. So like fundraising mm -hmm. for Adore is that I don't get to meet with people one-on-one -on -one from back home because, like, a lot, of people that are, a lot of the people that are supporting me are people that I know from Melbourne. And I was only in Melbourne for two weeks, and I couldn't set up yeah. that many fundraising meetings in two weeks. So I ended up not fundraising a lot from back like one-on-one -on -one. and so most of my fundraising comes through emails and texting and it like really takes away from the human element of it 
Yeah. But I'm hoping to like find ways to supplant that, especially because it's only two months. So like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I here's here's what I did for two months. You know, I I'm sending out like a monthly mission update, but it's one of two mission updates. So, um, <laughs> you know, so like, so definitely a, the year long missionaries. I know they have a lot at, with the door. They have a lot of fun with fundraising huh? mm-hmm. because they get they get to like meet with people and share their mission with people, and those people get to go on mission with them essentially from afar. Yeah, I mean, it's the the quote that they always chucked at us was, uh, "Some people give by going, other people will go by giving." Yeah, and so we, and I think that's something that you really have to stress is like not everybody can, you know, do do what I'm doing. Not everybody can just pick up and go to a college campus and. It's unique. It's a unique experience. Yeah, yeah. and that's I love it, and people are excited about it, and when people get excited about it, it makes me more excited about it, and. Yeah, next week's going to be crazy busy though. Like it's just uh, it's so hard and I barely have any time today because I'm going to do a talk at my parish um this evening and I have to go pick up some cards that I printed out and I have to actually like write what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> Podcasting so, pa- podcasters aren't used to that. Not at all. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's um it's 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 great that you're going to your parish cuz like I was I was talking to one of my mission leaders about that I was, he was like, you know, this is the role of the parish is when someone, so like at the end of mass, the priest says, go in peace, preaching the good news. And so you do that. And some people in that parish are called to go across the world, across the nation, across the state to like mm-hmm. do mission work and they need the parish's help. And so like our parish, especially well-off parishes should, if there's a missionary from your parish, you should push to have that missionary supported by your parish. It's really important. And I'm not saying that as a missionary because I'm not a full-time missionary in a month. I'm saying, like, if you have a missionary at your parish, give them money. Or at least have the church give them money because mm-hmm. this is this is what this is what the church is supposed to be doing, and these people are doing it, you know, and it's and <laughs> I don't know, I just I just didn't really get a lot of help from my parish. And like that's not really their fault. It's mostly like, you know, I, I didn't think of it ahead of time but like Mm -hmm. i didn't get a lot of help from my parish and so i feel like i'm not on mission from my parish you know but if my parish was supporting me i would feel like a member of ascension catholic parish from melbourne you'd feel like you'd feel like when they say at the end like literally like they send you out like go and glorify the gospel by your life and if you you are like truly living that message of being sent out but it's hard to feel sent out from your parish if they are not uh supporting you so like i I totally get that. And I think what you said about how like that's what we're supposed to do is to go out and, and to do these types of things. Um, and okay, let me just let's sidebar for a little bit. Um, I It is hard now that I've been through training and we've been taught to talk about evangelization in a certain way. It's hard not to be too quote unquote focusy with my language. Yeah, I'm super um, excited for this to become a focus podcast. And I'm going to do my absolute best to to continue to use the language that we've previously used. Um, and if I ever do use a focus term on accident, like it's never my goal to use a term that people don't know. Um, if you just say, Hey, what does that mean? And then I'll explain it, but I will always try to explain it in terms other than like, cause not everybody knows what authentic friendship means or divine intimacy. You know, like those yeah. are things that make sense in focus because we have them explained to us over and over again. And like, we pray with those things. Um, but saying them on the podcast is, is different. And so I'm just going to, this is a sidebar. I'm going to try my absolute best to talk about evangelization 
with like the tools that I've been given and the things that I've learned, but to do it in a, in a normal way. Fair. Yep. Fair. Okay. So back to back to snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And <laughs> so what you said, I, I listened to a, a, a father Mike Schmidt's podcast from like 2014 on the way home wow. because me and Tracy were riding together and she brought her old iPod touch. And so she had all these podcasts downloaded Tracy, Tracy Tebow, my good friend, oh, cool. good friend, Tracy. She's getting sent to Alabama next year. Um, Go so, fighting um, mud roll slides. tide, oh, roll sorry. tide, Patrick. Um, <laughs> so I, will, for, I will not acknowledge. Pray for Tracy. She's a she's a great great gal. Um, so we were driving back to Kansas, and we just kind of threw on like one of these old old podcasts. And Father Mike talked about that he like compared the church to a shoe factory, um, which it was just this amazing analogy that I'm never going to forget. And you can have this shoe factory, right? And you can have the best materials in the world. Um, the best labor, the best uh, transportation infrastructure to uh, transport all of the shoes. You can have great designs, um, a great marketing scheme, and the best factory, the most efficient factory, you know, all this stuff. But if your shoe factory does not make shoes, then your shoe factory is a failure, right? Yeah. And if we look at the, the Catholic Church, we can have all these great programs, we can have all these great missionaries, we can have mass, we can have the sacraments, we can have, um, we can have uh, clubs and, and, and fish fries and parish hall meetings. And in the St. Mark, St. Luke room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that echoes in my head every time, uh, every time. I go to yep. a meeting in a parish room. Sorry, the St. Mark, St. Luke room. The Bible studies, you can have all of these things, right? But if we do not uh, make disciples, then we as a church are a failing, right? The Catholic church is a failure because what was the last thing that Jesus said before he peaced out into heaven? He said, <laughs> go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is like straight up the last Jesus Christ, the God-man. Right before he ascended into heaven on a cloud, that was the last thing he told them. Kind of like important to pay attention to that, you know. Yeah. And so, yes, discipleship is kind of a loaded word because it means something different um, to different people. But if we just look at it objectively, like if the church is not making disciples for Christ, then the church is failing. And so, that is so convicting for me, and it's been convicting for people that I've been meeting with too. It's like, oh my goodness, yeah, like we have to become disciples, and we have to make other people into disciples we have to show them what it means to like be a christian you know imitate me as i imitate christ like that's the whole idea that's the whole concept that's why the church exists is so that everybody in the world becomes catholic and comes to know jesus and if you think anything else if you think the church exists for any other reason then you are wrong wow. uh, feel, feel free to disagree no I, I i feel free to agree okay thank you yeah hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But that's, that's something that fires me up, man, is, is we think about the church as a whole, and especially like the parishes, there's, n- I don't want to say no, next to no effort, but like, if you ask anybody, is the Catholic church good at making disciples? Almost everybody will say no, without a doubt, like unequivocally. <laughs> and if you ask people where the best places that people are actually becoming disciples and are, are, are uh, kind of being built up, the answer is usually, or at least from what I've seen or what I've heard and what I've experienced, this might be my bias, it's on the college campus. Because in the adult parish, when people are adults, they're busy, right? They got kids, they've got, you know, all these things. And so that's kind of like why I'm, I'm super passionate. I'm super lit up about this, especially because there's, there's a prime opportunity to make disciples in these four years so that they can then turn and just start turning the church into a place that people associate with uh, missionary discipleship, like intentional disciples for Christ. I want to talk about cowboy church for a second. All right. I drove by a cowboy church. Not a cowboy you, church. It was the define cowboy church. For it me. was you a building. Blast that open. Okay. It was a building on the highway. We passed it on the highway. It was huge. Okay. And on the side of it, it said cowboy church. <laughs> and so we were so, we were so, our ivories were so tickled by this notion of cowboy church that we decided to Google it on, on the interwebs and we found okay. their website, their parish website or whatever it is. And they had this thing on the front page. They were like, sign up for community groups and you could just put in your information on the internet somewhere they would assign somewhere michael michael gormley is 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 losing his mind yeah michael gormley is losing his mind about the fact that cowboy church is winning as community groups and it was it's this huge mega church like a gigantic church and they you can just anyone can just put their information in and they'll send it in and and they'll get a community group and they'll get the name of a house and a group of people they can just go and talk to. So, like, anybody in the world who mm. comes to this area of, of near Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, and wants to go to Cowboy Church, all they have to do is put their name and their email into a website. And all of a sudden, they have a community. No one, like, that. that's, the church is, that church is, like, helping cure loneliness. You know? It's like, uh, it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at the website now, and I'm trying to sign up. Are you really? Yeah, I can't Dallas. Remember. Is it Dallas County? I don't think it's Dallas County. There's I, apparently Church, Texas, Dallas or a Cowboy Church. What is Cowboy Church? I don't know. I think they do like praise and worship and to. also also like a rodeo or like a bull like a bull riding competition. 
do you have to know how to herd uh livestock do i need to know how to use a lasso do i need to know how to lasso cowboy do i need to wear our local christian churches within cowboy culture that are distinctively western that's cowboy culture do i need a hat do i have to get a 10 gallon hat baptisms, do I need a 15 are, gallon hat? baptisms are generally done in a stock tank no <laughs> what <laughs> patrick patrick i don't this is what we got to know. Is there are whole worlds that we know nothing about? It's true. There, there's. A... <laughs> I think Cowboy Church is one of those worlds because <laughs> I am shook up right now. You, oh, this is not something that you see in suburban Kansas City. It's true. Which is, yeah, that makes sense. No, it's it's, <laughs> and it's not it's not something that's unique to Cowboy Church, right? Like this this one particular Cowboy Church near Dallas. Oh yeah, have... I'm not saying yeah. Community groups are are all over the place. Our thing and. What's weird is you usually find them in mega churches. Yeah, because like when the mm-hmm. the church the church that I used to go visit, True Life Church in Melbourne. Shout out everyone from True Life, not denominational church in Melbourne. Um, they didn't really have community groups except like because they were like fifty people. Mm-hmm. So like they there's really small church, but those fifty people all love each other and are like trying to get each other to heaven, right? Also, six former Catholics in that group of fifty, which is a crazy number, like proportionally. Um. Wow, and like these mm. big mega churches, the reason why that you would you would think why are they still big? Because like if they ran, if mega churches ran their churches like we run our parishes, uh-huh. they would fall apart because it's yeah. just a big concert. Literally, you're right. If it if there's no community, it's just a big concert. But that's the point. That's why people are going is because they're going with people that they know and they talk to pretty much every other day at most, or at least. And- and that's why I think it's crap when people say that our parishes are too big and we can't have community. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like it okay, it's not crap. It's there is it's valid, right? Um, because it's more difficult than than it would be otherwise. But it can exist. It just has to be something that is grassroots yeah. and not like because community groups organized by the church itself would be phenomenal, right? It makes yeah. it easier for everybody if you have somebody that's full time job is to orchestrate community groups and making sure that people are plugged in, reaching out to the community at large. Um, it'd that, be great like, if that was a real thing. It'd Fuck. be great if that was a real thing. That's something that just doesn't exist in the Catholic Church right now. Like that's something that is not because we're it's not. It's not common. It's not common because we're we've, we're hiring people to uh, teach confirmation class because we only had two people get confirmed in the past three years, you know, like that's, those are the kinds of problems that we have to deal with. Um, we have to hire uh, all kinds of people and, and we don't have the money to do it because nobody tithes. And so not nobody, I, I'm making super generalizations. And I, really yeah, I feel like, I feel like nobody tithing is not like nobody tithing is as a wrong, it's a wrong thing, um, <laughs> but church, but the, the average parish is hurting for money and they can't necessarily afford to hire a person yeah. uh, to do that full time. And so, then the impetus falls on the average Catholic starting a community group, which uh, I don't I don't know if I've ever heard of it happening. Well, I mean, I have. Okay, well that's good. Okay, so tell my, me more. My first day, my first day here in Houston. So like, I walked into my host family's house. I knocked on the door. They didn't actually answer the door. This guy Clint, shout out Clint. Um, he's a youth minister at a parish nearby. He opened the door and he was like, oh, hey, are you here for young adult group? And I was like, um, no, I'm here to live here. I live mm. here. And uh, he was like, oh, <laughs> cool, you're Patrick. And so it was totally coincidental yeah. that, well, coincidental in like the human sense, not coincidental in the godly sense, that I ran into this young adult group. But so um, Sarah and Kevin, the two, uh, the two, the, the husband and wife that live in this house and they host me and another missionary, um, 
they also host young adult group every Monday night and for their, for young adults at their parish. And right. it's, it's like, it's, they say it's loosely affiliated with this parish, but like they, they, they specifically cater to this parish. And so it's, it's like 20 young adults. It's whoever wants to come, all this stuff, mm-hmm. their effort. I walked into a city that I, where I knew five people, Phoebe and her family. I knew five people in this city, right? I walk in and all of a sudden I have a community. Not mm-hmm. because, not because I'm special or because like, you know, they, cause they, like they asked me to come, but because I'm a person and I right. fit, I fit the whole like young adult, you know, I'm a young adult Catholic. So they're like, here, come on in. Mm-hmm. They can just, they can just do it. They can just make dinner and ask, ask father so-and-so to put it in the bulletin, you know, yep. and like have people come over. Also, it turns out I did know someone else in this city. It turns out that my youth minister's daughter lives, my former youth minister from high school, his daughter lives in league city and i i was talking to kevin and sarah and they're like where are you from like oh i'm from melbourne they're like melbourne celia's from melbourne and i was like wait i know her that's crazy and so everyone was like freaking out because they were like what that's that's amazing so turns out i knew six people in this town but still hey out of way that's good and i'll back up and i'll retract like i said i need to do a lot of redactions um now that i'm back from from training but my parents do a pretty cool thing they like have a whiskey club with a couple of other uh, adults, you know, with kids that are, you know, older than young, you know? Yeah. And so like, that's kind of like the start of it. And it's really, really cool that they do that. Um, I don't know if they have goals to expand it or if it's just like the few couples that they meet with, but it's like those kinds of small things that are really, really cool. And my parents are great. And like the parents that they, they do it with are, are really great and really solid. Um, but it's just for young adults, it's just not something that's very common. Like, it's really cool that you had that experience in Kansas city. There's a really big young adult, like official organization. Like they have big yeah. things once a month and they do like sports together. Um, and I think out of that grows a lot of community and a lot of friendships. Um, I just haven't experienced it because, you know, I've been in college and I graduated, <laughs> but I think that's, that is the, the key. That's critical, especially in the parish growing up. And that's something that anybody can do. It doesn't like looks look go to your church and after mass go and find somebody who looks about the same age as you and says hey do you want to let's do something I got a community do you want to be a part of it come join my community and then they say they say what and you say there's beer and then you say they say okay I'm coming <laughs> it's funny how how the transition works from high school to being 21 it's like mm-hmm. hey we have pizza oh, okay like hey we have alcohol oh, okay <laughs> um because it's not even a joke that's how it worked oh yeah I, I talked about I've talked about family dinner before on the podcast right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna link the video in the description because it's a it's a it's a Dissension Presents video about um, Annie Hickman who is the or he used to be the president of Adore and he does family dinners every week and like I've been to them they're a real thing they still happen and it's you know it's just for anyone who wants to come and you can come as early and stay as late as you want and it's like his house is just open and it's like that's really weird. You know, like <laughs> to, to a modern to a modern ear, that's like mm, just to gonna, an American ear. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna open your house, but you live there. Like, what if someone you just like open it up harms you? Like, it's unlocked. like, well, generally people aren't going to harm you. Mm-hmm. Like, so <laughs> I mean, you can never be too careful. But like, the uh, just 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 open. I think your you house. can be too careful. You can you can be too careful. I mean, especially when it comes to evangelization, you can absolutely be too careful. You need to reach yeah. out to people, and like even yeah. in these even in these um 
systems of like family dinners and like young adult groups, people can still be overlooked. Yep. So you, you like, you, you oh. do the thing, you like, you, you create the, the space, right? You bring the people in and then you intentionally go after each person mm-hmm. and talk to them. And he is really good at this. And like, you have to, it, especially for people like us who are just naturally extroverted, it's really easy to gravitate towards the big personalities. No, oh, yeah. Um, and that is a big challenge that I think about. There's kind of like three circles almost. There's like the the people who are big personalities and are driven and like I naturally get along with. And then there's people who are like I see and are there, but are maybe like half in, half out. And then there are the people who would never step foot in a church. And so like these are like kind of you can pretty much lump everybody into one of those three categories. Um, and. I feel like a lot of times we focus so much on the first one, like on the people that are, that are driven and have big personalities. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I definitely gravitate towards. And but... the, but the need is, is that when you walk into a room or when you have an event or you invite people in, or you go out onto campus, uh, we have to, we have to acknowledge those people and look at them because if, if we don't, then who's going to, you know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, did they talk at NST? Did they talk about, um, what's it called uh in- introversion and extroversion like did they talk about introverted missionaries uh a little bit that that's good about they touched on context because i was i was thinking i was thinking about it the other day it's like because a lot a couple of my friends a couple of my missionary friends at adore are introverted and it's like they what at what there's a there's a balance that introverts need in order to do evangelization which is like you kind of need to kick yourself in the butt a little bit and like go and do the extrovert thing for a little while and bring people to Christ, mm-hmm. you know, cause you're not gonna, well, I, uh, I don't think it's an extrovert thing. I don't think we can, uh, it's, 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 it's a quote. I, I did it in air quotes, but we're on a podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> do right. the extrovert yeah. but thing. Like, but I think that's what people like seriously believe is like, if I go, um, and, and go out and talk to people, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Oh, okay. Sorry. My, my Chrome thing is freaking out. Okay. Well, let's keep going as long as it works. Um, People go out, going out and talking to people, and they're saying like, "Oh, I have to be extroverted." No, you have to be a Christian. Like <laughs> this is this is a fundamental part of of what we do. I'm not saying like going out and barehanding and like just talking to random people on the street is like something that you have to do to be a good Christian. That's not at all what I'm saying. But meeting people and talking to them and looking them in the face and trying to get to know them and trying to love them as best you can in that moment that is Christianity. That is like the key of what Jesus does. Right? Is he goes and meets everybody. Not just the the people he gets along with, but like, not even the people who are good people, and <laughs> that's what we have to do. And it's not a split between extroversion and extroversion. For an extrovert, we have just as many challenges, even though it doesn't appear that we do. Like, I will go out and talk to people and like overextend myself, and I will try to talk to every single person and potentially miss out on a good conversation with one person, right? Yeah. Um, or I will burn myself out and I will just be all over the place and I'll say yes to everything. And then I'll get home and I'll do that multiple days in a row. And I will just lose all of my energy over a week. Right. Um, so it's, it's a different set of challenges, but I think at the end of the day, like it's not whether you're introverted or extroverted, it's, are you committed to the mission? Yes or no. Um, and then that's, I mean, that's kind of the end of it, but sorry, I went on a bit of a tangent there. That was good. Because I, I totally agree. That was that was the point that I was gearing up towards. Sorry that I took it from you. No, it's fine. I get it. It's it's. It, I I see I see this like introversion thing. It's like, it is true. 
some some people are introverts and they need alone time but everybody needs alone time and like extra extroverts extroverts. extroverts have the opposite problem where they like you said they burn out and they don't have alone time meaning they don't even schedule time for prayer right i'm just like if I'm going and I'm going, I'm doing stuff. I'm doing stuff for the gospel, man. Then I get home, I'm like, wow, I haven't prayed today. That's super yeah. weird. That's super awkward. And so it's it's just it's a it's about balance. It's about like a good. It's not about it's about not having an excess or a defect of either thing. It's you know it's it's being able to go out and talk to people and also understanding your own limitations. So yeah, so I think I think that extroverted missionaries need like a kick back. And introverted missionaries need like a kick forward. You know, it's like, all uh-huh. right, go. You're not going to evangelize anyone if you're not going to evangelize anyone through alone time. So, like, enough alone time, go. And vice versa, you're not going to be a successful person if you never have alone time. Go sit in your room for thirty minutes and just chill. <laughs> and that's I had to come to just come to terms with that at training because I wanted to be everywhere the whole time. Oh, I could imagine. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Patrick. I ended the month so exhausted. <laughs> I'm still very tired because I have not recovered. But for 30 plus days, I would get up in the morning, go to holy hour, or go to breakfast, go to holy hour, go to class, go to lunch, um, hang out with my college all afternoon, go to mass, go to dinner, and then hang out with people outside uh, they would smoke cigarettes and drink beer and I would just drink beer and we would talk for hours and hours <laughs> into the night and then I would go to bed and I'd get maybe five, six hours of sleep every night and I'd get up and I'd do it again. And I did that for a month. And it, it it's not that I, it, it's not a bad thing that I spent time with these people. It's not like we were doing anything inherently wrong um, because we were having really, really good conversations. We were unpacking things that we were learning and I still had time to read and I still had time to, to take a step back and make sure that I was reading books and like filling my mind with good stuff. Um, but my all, I would always, if I was reading and somebody came to my door and said, Hey, like, let's go do this thing. I'd be like, all right, let's roll. And it was more of like when I, when nobody was wanting to hang out, that's when I would like take the time to myself, which was rare because I don't know if you know this, everybody wants to hang out with me. And so, <laughs> and so but they will tell you, they listen to your podcast. Right. But there are lots of drawbacks to that, right? Just being really tired. But there are also there's lots of fruit that was born from it. Like I got super close with the people from Texas A&M. I got invited to somebody's wedding. Gig them. You well, know? you got invited to somebody's wedding? Yeah. That's awesome. We met at training. And by the end of the month, he's like, you want to come to my wedding? It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Are you kidding me? And so like really cool connections happened and really strong friendships wait, were wait, formed. Wait, was his name Brian? No. Oh, dang it. Shout out John. Shout out John Michael. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's it'll be a struggle for me too at, once I get to campus because my my thing will be all right. The students are hanging out. We're going out. What what are we doing? We're going out tonight. Let's go. Let's hey, roll. I'll I'll drive. Everybody, hop on the old uh, Vespa and we will hit the town. <laughs> Wait, and, hold on, hold on. Do you do you remember meeting Adam at Franciscan? Yeah, he's a he was missionary. We're bros. We I know out at training. That's what I was. I was just gonna say. I was like, wait a second, wait a second. They were both there. I wonder if they hung out. So did you? Did you guys yeah. hang out? And did you remember each other? Uh, I met him, and I 
thought he was at my interview weekend. Like that's how I thought that I knew him oh. because <laughs> those two things were pretty close in time together. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, we met at Franciscan. Like you're friends with Patrick. And I was like, yeah, now I know who you are. Like it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Cause I remembered him when we like knew that we remembered each other, but he had to remind me of exactly what from. So. Cause like you guys, I feel like you guys would get along. He's a really cool guy. Yeah. He's got, he's got ear piercings. He, yes. Um, okay. So, We've got we're winding down a little bit. I've got a I've got things to do today. Yeah. I got to go to well, Ethan, Ethan, Depot. Ethan, Stevie, Ethan, Stevie. One last thing: Are you ready sure. to get in the Crunch Bowl? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you for being on my podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, I Facetimed him the other day to try and figure. Oh, also, this is this is related. What okay. what are the colors on our Crunch logo? Don't don't answer, Ethan. Don't answer. Okay. Everyone, I want you to. Look at the Crunch logo right now, unless you're driving. Look at the Crunch logo, and even if you are driving, think, what colors are they? Because I think one thing, and Ethan thinks another thing, which is I think is really funny because it's been like a year and a half. And so I, I was in I was in Walmart trying to figure that out, and I FaceTimed him, and uh, he was like, I feel like I'm the president who like passed over, the, created the company, and then like stepped back, but is like called for board meetings. <laughs> I feel like I'm just an, uh, a consultant at this point. Decisions are being made. Surveys are being created. Nobody texts me anymore. <laughs> I would like I to be on the podcast again, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this was fun. You can, yes. You can. You can. You can close it out. This will still be. This that'll still okay. be your thing. Thank you. Um. Can I? Okay. Whatever. Uh. Let me think. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I need to add. Just a couple quick, uh, funny stories from NST. Um. I dropped two girls while swing dancing on separate occasions. Uh, <laughs> one of them was straight into the mud. Um, oh, no. Outside. And I, I told her I was going to dip her, and she just she just started falling backwards <laughs> like half of a turn early. So I was going to dip her over my leg, and she went the other direction. And so I dropped her in the mud. And she was like, that was my fault. But everybody around me was like, you dropped a girl in the mud. And so <laughs> – but it was her fault. Candace, if you're listening, I do not forgive you. Um, and then the other one was I, you like, you're, you're dancing and then like you reach behind the girl's back and you grab her hand and then like you spin her up and it's kind of just like a type thing. Yeah, of she course. I was, but she thought I was just like reaching around her to dip her. And so she just fell backwards <laughs> and I'm like, if I'm going to dip you, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to dip you. And she just fell on the ground and she's like, that was my bad. And everybody around me was like, Oh, you dropped a girl on the ground. Again. And so I was, I was made known as the guy who dropped women whilst dancing with them. Um, Every day after we prayed a rosary together, I would clap because I love Mary and nobody would clap with me. I did it every day the entire month and nobody ever joined me. In <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to think of anything else that was really good. One time they replaced uh, the, I think it was the Fruit Loops with Apple Jacks in the cereal section. And I was super hyped because I love Apple Jacks way more than I like Fruit Loops. Mm. And I walked in and it was breakfast time and I walked in and I saw the new cereal and I said, let's go it's game time like i got super hyped and then one of the cafeteria ladies came over to me and said i need whatever you got come on and over and give it to me and we like started dancing with each other and we just had a nice <laughs> little party like in the in the breakfast line and all of the other cafeteria workers gave us the death gear. they're like who are these crazy kids dancing with the lunch lady um <laughs> at the at breakfast because of apple jacks she's like you got something wrong let's with you. go it's game time <laughs> every day is game day when you have apple every day jacks. Is, every day is game day when you got apple jacks um every all of our guys we would in my college we would always yell um big boys big plays and that was kind of like our 
our go-to like whenever we needed to do something we needed to get something done everyone just go big boys big plays um which i started <laughs> so you're welcome my roommate chad snored um every night <laughs> hey i was <laughs> your roommate and i snored until that. the last until the last night of training i do remember that uh, so i was used to it and um i'm trying to think and i didn't I didn't break the dating fast while I was there, so it was a pretty successful, <laughs> pretty successful month. I Ethan dropped women it. in more ways than one. Heyo, I was sitting on that one for a little while. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but that's kind of like the highlights, just like kind of the quick, you know, the highlight reel of of NST. I'm sure there will be more things that come up in the in the coming weeks, but those are all things that I just wanted to uh, to share. So, um. Do you have we're anything at, else? No, we're at the hour mark. Let's, oh, let's wow. Yeah. Are you going to edit out any of that? Um, Probably some stuff at the beginning. Okay. And our, some longest stuff episode to date, our longest episode to date is last week's, Teresa at an hour and 15. Dang. Yeah. We're really we're really moving up in the podcast world. It's true. Um, all right. So tell the people where they can find us, I guess. Yeah, all right. So you can find me at Catholic Pat, Ethan at Propostle. We never actually said that at the beginning. You can find... Us on Instagram, they, whatever. Yeah, at Ethan Stevie, at Patrick Nevy, I I I. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Crunchcast and Facebook.com slash the Crunchcast, www.thecrunchcast.com. You can actually listen to the podcast there now. It automatically updates. It looks really cool. So, um, we also have a Patreon. Uh, look, if you're a patron, I I already told you guys a little bit about this, but fun stuff is happening. But not today because Ethan and I haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> And uh, no idea yeah, what's going on? Patreon.com slash the crunch. And what's our what's our phone number? Seven eight five three five one. Oh my gosh, I I haven't said it in <gasps> so long. Seven eight five two five one seven eight five two five one three nine eight nine. There we go. It's great. It's you call us if you want to be on the monthly mailbag. Uh, monthly yep. mailbag will never mind. I'm not going to announce that yet. Uh, everything is in our new and improved show notes. So check out the new and improved show notes. They look really cool. I, I've learned how to do HTML text. So it all looks super organized and there's hyperlinks that are like, are you saying it wasn't organized when I did it? Uh, it was, but everything was like HTTPS colon slash website, twitter.com slash Pat Catholic Pat, twitter.com slash Ethan Stevie. I don't understand why that's wrong. Now it, now it just says Patrick. Twitter, Instagram, email, Ethan, Twitter, Instagram, email, and it links you if you click Twitter, Instagram, or email. All right, whatever. I guess you're just better at it than me. <laughs> I was given free reign of the, of you the were, podcast. And you, and you did great. I'm glad. I tinkered for a month, over. and it was awesome. I'm very proud of you. Um, that is all that we have. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you on the Twitters. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.